Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. We begin by acknowledging the Gabi Gabi people, the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast episode is being recorded today, and pay respects to their elders, past and present, and to their parents with children with disabilities. This podcast contains truth, laughter, and the occasional F-word, so it's not really suitable for children. Well, you probably won't hear quite so much swearing among the beans, you know. Well, yeah. <clears throat> Not suitable for children. Sometimes you just have to get your shits out. Shit, 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 shit. That's right, this is a language warning. Oh, shit. Hi, this is Claire from Canberra, where it's bloody freezing. That's the weather report. Um, I just want to say... Thank you so much to Gary and Kirk for the episode which I listened to today. So actually, this is probably a speak pipe for Gary, which I haven't heard any of on his Beans Talk. And um, I just was so deeply moved by Kirk's story and how he expressed himself and for really putting himself out there. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I got a big, huge dose of the feels, and I, and um, yeah, it really rang a chord for me. I just wanted to say, yay, the language warning on Gary's uh, beans talk was <laughs> was was uh, spot on for today, and um, I thought that was really funny because he always complains that there's never going to be any swearing. And I also wanted to, I don't want to tell him how to suck eggs, but he says, I have to ask Kate and Mandy's questions, but I was wondering maybe he has some questions that he would like to ask. Does he have to use your questions? Anyway, I'm just putting it out there. Bye again. Thank you, Claire from Canberra. Hello, peas and beans, green vegetables everywhere. Gary Bean here, and that was a speak pipe 
that you just heard from Claire. Thank you again for your kind and encouraging words, Claire. And yes, you're quite right. The conversation I had recently with Kirk was a cracker. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, you know, do yourself a favour. Today, we have another fantastic conversation for you, though, with with Evan. Evan Englezos, who, let me tell you, he's, a, he's only a young bloke and I'm an old fart. But I tell you, I don't know where these young blokes get so much wisdom. He, he has plenty of it. And I can tell you, there was a word that kept cropping up in this conversation, which I've actually entitled the episode, and that's the word beautiful. Listen out for it, because Evan uses that word a number of times in different contexts. And as far as I'm concerned, that says something about him as well as about the topic that he's discussing at the time. I had a great talk with Evan and I really appreciated everything he had to say and his perspective as a dad. So have a listen and let me know through a speak pipe or an email what you think, any suggestions you have. Oh, by the way, Claire, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> it's probably about time for me to come up with um, Bean's questions. Uh, I've been trying to maintain Kate and Mandy's opening icebreaker questions because there's a continuity there with the other episodes and I know the peas are used to it but you're probably right um, I'm not quite sure what my questions are going to be but I tried out a few new ones in this conversation with Evan let me know what you think so this is me talking to Evan Inglesos G'day Evan Hello Gary Thank you for joining me. Nice, nice to talk to you today. Uh, how are you feeling today? Yeah, feeling pretty good. Got up uh, fairly early this morning, which is not normal, but I woke up at five and so it's like, I need to get out of bed and I just need to process some stuff. So uh, it's actually mm. good to have some things out on paper and to get things out of my head a little bit. So, Okay. Now, now <laughs> were you up at five because you couldn't sleep? At, you know, you, you woke up. And was that because you were anticipating our conversation or was there something else on your mind? Oh, I wasn't anticipating this conversation today as such. Uh, yeah, I had some other things on my mind, uh, just which I've been uh, trying to process about this week and the last few years and I guess my whole life. So I guess maybe some of that will come out today. <laughs> yeah, Okay. Okay, that's great. Well, well, let's see what happens, and uh, we'll get straight into it. And uh, now, I uh, just so the peas know, I have decided it's about time that I came up with my own three questions for our guests. Um, the peas are used to the questions about music and school awards and so on. I've decided to go a slightly different direction, and this Evan has agreed. <laughs> to, to be my guinea pig on this one, so we'll see how we go with it. Um, so the question, the first question, Evan, is where are you from and where are you now? So I grew up in Melbourne in Australia and this is where I am now. So I haven't sort of ventured too far out. So we've sort of moved along the, uh, the outer eastern suburbs and, and we're back in again and, um, well, not, not completely in, but... Yeah, it's if we moved uh, house and bought a house last year, and it feels familiar and it feels like homes. Um, yeah, so okay. this is where I am. <laughs> and I think there was a a musical connection 
somewhere there with where you're living. Is that right? Uh, Melbourne's not- the music capital of the Australia, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the entertainment capital of the world. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's a lot that's um, happened here and it's starting to come back to life again um, post COVID, but it's, um, yeah, it's still like even my um, journey with, with music, it's, yeah, it, it's sort of slow coming out of the fog of COVID and as much as I want to throw myself back into that world again, it's, yeah, it, it takes time. So you said your journey with music, is that right? What's that? So, yeah, I've got, um, I've come from a very musical family and had that gift shared with me and um, and that flows through the family with my children as well. So uh, I love playing music. I, I love making music with friends. I've produced and directed different musical ventures as well. Um, but, yeah, there hasn't been a, a whole lot of uh, creative outlet for me in the last uh, least couple of years. There have been little glimpses of it through COVID, but uh, not a lot. And so, yeah, I feel like there's a bit of a, a hole there and, and just having to reapproach it again is like trying to re-establish a relationship with someone who I haven't seen for a long time. Um, mm. Sounds a bit, yeah, weird, but that's, yeah, no, just not the, at all. where we're at at the moment. So you say you've directed and produced. Are you also a performer? Are you a singer-songwriter? What, how would you describe yourself? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I play keys and guitar and I like to sing as well. I'm not um, – I've done um, a little bit of – pro work but uh yeah it's uh, and as i'd love to write more music but just haven't had uh, much time and um and discipline for that in the last few years so yeah i'm i think it's a season with you know three kids in primary school and hoping that um it will return in a in a new way i did Mm. a lot of uh music theater and lots of um oh just just playing with lots of different groups of people and the other and the other thing that I've always had ticking along for the last 10 years is just a community music group which I uh, put together and produced which is a lot of fun um, where I just get people from all walks of life and different connections to come together and make music Uh, we generally um, emulate an album from start to finish and do that in in the space of an evening or, or a couple of albums so yeah, it's that's been a really fun thing to do. Wow, it sounds mm. fantastic. It's a, it's a, it's a real blast. And so the the premise of it is that we um, don't really rehearse together. We might rehearse once, but like everything is organized online through spreadsheets and lots of messages and little Facebook groups and people figuring out what they're going to play and then we just come together and it's a big musical uh it's a very glorified jam but with a lot of intent and structure put behind it but it is a couple of months of work it's just you know passion project that that you do at night and um but it's it's very rewarding and it just brings people together so yeah i I love bringing people together and that musical aspect as well and that's that's fun i love it evan and do you ever record well we've uh, we have live streamed every single one since uh, 2011, and that started, you know, with a 
crappy webcam on on the back of a wall and uh, we've slowly upgraded over the years and so then friends and family who are not in the room with us can still join in and, and have a bit of a laugh and a, and a sing along and um yeah but it's it's never been a prof- professional thing but we have some incredibly talented people who love to join in just for the fun of it it's like what i love about it is when when you're putting particularly if it's an album which you know and love and then you need to sort of deconstruct it and then reconstruct it again with a whole lot of people uh and it's it's part of the the joy of that process how, how fantastic yeah and no wonder you miss that so i hope you can get back into that very soon me too yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic Okay, mate. Well, let's move on to the next question. Um, if you could have dinner with someone, living or dead, who who would you invite? That's a great question. Uh, so, a couple of people come to mind. The first one, which I told you offline before, is my wife Jo. Um, we we do try and have a date night once a week, and and often that's in house uh, and without a whole lot of, uh, you know, at the end of the week, we're quite tired, so it might just be turning on a movie or watching a a few episodes of something on netflix Uh, but then once a month we try and go out for a meal so i'd love to do that more often so joe's my number one and the second person who comes to mind is uh a musician his name is michael league and he's the 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 band leader of a funk group in america called snarky puppy and they are a band which I, it blew my mind uh, probably about seven or eight years ago and the way he brings musicians of incredible virtuosity and um, uh, they just make just amazing, beautiful, energetic music together and uh, I really respect that but I, I really respect his process and um, and just how he goes about things and and. Uh, for me, I'm very interested in how teams work together and collaboration and how he does that is uh, it's beautiful to, to watch. And I've seen them play a few times in Melbourne. And, again, like I really miss live music and uh, a lot of my favourite artists from around the world, they just they haven't come back to Australia yet. So I'm burning for, for that and, and to see them again. Mm, snarky puppy snarky puppy yes <laughs> okay well you've all heard it here first snarky puppy if you don't know about them and i don't um that's a great uh, resounding uh, seal of approval there from evan and of course joe hello joe i know you're listening and uh i hope you and your husband get to have dinner again very soon and have a special night together because you deserve it. Thank you, Evan. That's great. So let's move on then to question three. So why are you a bean? Well, I have three children. Um, I've got Jem who is uh, in year six and then I've got twin girls, Evie and Phoebe, and they're in grade four. And Phoebe has a genetic disorder called Williams syndrome, which is fairly rare. It's approximately uh, affects one in 20,000 people. And Williams syndrome is caused by uh, deletion of chromosome seven. And um, so Phoebe was born with Williams syndrome and then she was diagnosed when she was 10 months old. And 
EV doesn't uh, have any um, disabilities. So, yeah, it's it's been a very interesting mm. journey, particularly when the girls were uh, very little. And you say they're both, how old are they now? Yeah, they're 10. 10. And so before we sort of dive into what Williams syndrome you know, means and what that has has meant for you as a family. Why don't we just meet Phoebe first? Just tell us if we were to meet this this ten year old girl, this young lady. Who is she? What's she like? What ter- what you know? What what lights her her eyes up? What, how would we? How would you describe her? Well, what lights her eyes up? She lights up a room wherever she walks in, and that's just been her little super talent since the day she was born and it's it's very hard to put a finger on why that is but that's just the gift that she's got and that's partly a williams syndrome trait uh, is that they these you know beautiful people are just so friendly to anybody they they don't distinguish they don't uh, you know they're not prejudiced against prejudiced against anybody and so yeah when she comes into a room she's just friendly to everybody and um and people notice that they even like at a shopping center or in the playground when she walks up to a random old man and just starts talking to them and it just breaks down just barriers that that people social barriers that people have uh there and um so that's that's a super little gift and uh she loves to uh make music uh she loves to sing and dance and uh she's playing the keyboard just bopping out little tunes by ear which is also another uh trait with williams syndrome and um oh she's just she's just such a happy person and uh it's been yeah williams syndrome is called the beautiful mystery and it's a, a beautiful syndrome to have because of just the joy that that they bring um, and, and that innocence as well. So, yeah, she's been a real gift to our f- family and to everyone she comes into contact with. Wow. Thanks, mate. That was great. What a great introduction to Phoebe. She lights up the room, eh? Mm. And And um, so she and Evie are twins. Um, let's go back then to... When they came to us, so you had Jem already. Jeremiah is what eleven, twelve? Correct, twelve. Yep. So he was two years old, and uh, were the twins premature? Well, they were thirty-four weeks, which is mm. fairly typical for twins. And um, yeah, so and did and you have any pre-knowledge of of uh, the syndrome? No, we didn't. Ne- like, never heard of it before, or. Mm. come across anyone who, who had that before and um, the only thing that we knew when we were doing scans pre-birth was that Phoebe was um, a, quite a bit smaller than Evie in the womb so that that's all we had to okay. go with to start with. Okay and, and how was the birth process? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I was there and um, like for, for a lot of dads it's it's such a surreal experience and uh, impacting and I guess traumatic as well. Like I remember probably when the girls were about five or six months old and we were just driving, I think, to my parents' place one afternoon and 
was driving and, and I just had some sort of a flashback. And while I'm driving, I just burst into tears. <laughs> I don't think that's happened again since uh, thinking about that, but it's um, such a incredible mystery and, um, you know, a beautiful experience. And Jo was absolutely wonderful. It, she, um, she did contract uh, pneumonia through it um, when they were trying to get the epidural right and it didn't go quite right. So, uh. yeah, it, so that's, yeah, that affected her f- for a little bit. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, we did come <laughs> come out with two pretty healthy children, all things considered. So the tears a few months later, mm. I mean, did was there in your mind an obvious reason for that? I don't think so. Um, just that. Oh, I remember, you know, for, I've been there for, for two births and, um, yeah, to, to feel quite helpless as a, as a father and uh, as a husband in that process and, you know, all you can do is try to be gentle and just be encouraging and, you know, hold hold your partner's hand. That's And there's not much more and it's to, you know, I can't even imagine what that pain would be like. Um, yeah, I'd so I can't explain anything more than that, really. <laughs> no, mate. No, you're you're touching on. I think every bloke who's listening, who's been, who's become a dad, it gets some of this. Though what you're saying, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? That the thing we would feel is is useless. <laughs> yeah. I mean, realistically, there isn't much we can do. But in a way, why do we feel useless? Why why don't we? kind of accept the fact that that's what we are there for to hold the <laughs> hand and there's not much we need to do beyond that and and to feel useless is is um an interesting reaction to that whole experience i i mean let's not try to get too <laughs> psychological <laughs> about it but it's true isn't it you um it, it's this most incredible experience and uh trying to even find words for it may not necessarily be very helpful. I don't know, but that's what we're doing right now. That's why we're talking. But the, the emotion caught up with you anyway later on, uh, a few months later. And um, so by that time, five or six months in, uh, obviously Joe was okay. She'd recovered from the pneumonia. You were home. W- was there any time that you had to spend in special care or NICU? We were there for three or three and a half weeks. And so the girls were, were home by... That'd be what thirty-eight weeks, I think. So, and, and that all went very smoothly, and it wasn't too far from from where we lived, and so that was all fine. And when Phoebe was around that stage, five or six months, probably at some checkup, they uh, found a heart murmur, which then uh, they they wanted to investigate that further, and uh, just with some of the other challenges that that Phoebe had uh, in those early stages, particularly around having colic and her development, there's a couple of things which we noticed was you know were behind uh, what a typical child uh, would go through. And I know there's a very big spectrum of what is normal, um, but yeah. So they investigated, and so then a few months later, we uh, you know had the diagnosis of William syndrome. 
Tell but us they about. came from from having a heart murmur was was the trigger for that. And okay. so one of the um, symptoms can be having a a weaker heart and that heart murmur. And so, yeah, she was diagnosed with uh, SFAS, which is supravalvular aortic stenosis. Okay, so t- so tell us about hearing. Williams syndrome for the first time put put us in that room with you when when you heard about that yeah so oh, I mean before we had the official diagnosis and we'd done some reading which you typically do because that's what Google's for and um, <laughs> so in some ways we we weren't surprised when when it became official um, and for me I'm just like well she's she's Phoebe. She's, she's our girl. She's, she's my daughter and, and it's just who she is. And, you know, even by that stage, she was lighting up the room. So it's like, oh, it didn't seem to affect me as much. I know, I know it affected Joe more than it had me because, I mean, we all have dreams for our children and, you know, what we'd hope for them to to become and the things and the opportunities they have. And so, yeah, there's having to give up some of those things uh, from an, you know, fairly early on. But, um, yeah, I'm just like, well, I'm her dad and she's my girl and yeah, that, yeah. that's how it will be. And I, I just chose, well, I can't worry about what is going to happen in five years' time or... 18 years time when she's, you know, becomes a grown woman and is she going to be independent or is she not? I just, I don't know. And so I just decided I wouldn't bear that burden any more than I needed to at that time. But the good thing about having the diagnosis is then you can start to put some mechanisms in place to begin that support process. Okay, well, let's talk about those in a sec. Just, just give us a little bit more on Williams syndrome itself. Now, you, you've talked about a missing chromosome. Uh, you've talked about one in twenty thousand people. So, I'm guessing you're in touch with other parents of children who who have this syndrome. Um, what's what's it like for a parent with a child with Williams syndrome? Is there support? Well, there is support. Uh, I think most states in Australia have a family support group. So that was shared with us in that very first appointment that we went to with the geneticist. Um, So he told us about the group and we got in touch with them fairly quickly with the Victorian group. And uh, so we met them when they had just a little event at a children's farm a couple of months later. And uh, they've been, yeah, just a beautiful group to to become a part of and join and every family that's there and every child with Williams syndrome is, yeah, oh, just, it's, it's wonderful. I've been part of, you know, many communities and there's just nothing like it. So particularly here in Victoria, it's, a, it's quite an active and strong group. So we're very thankful for that. And we've been quite involved. I was the president for a few years uh, afterwards and, um, yeah, so that that's been a real joy in in terms of the experience for for families. There are so many different p- potential characteristics, and of course, everybody's different. So not everyone has the the same uh, 
symptoms and, and traits. Um, but like as I said before, they're, they're all really wonderful, beautiful people. Um, there's developmental delays both physically and intellectually typically. Um, for Phoebe with her uh, heart condition, she's had two major heart surgeries as well. So her first one was at 15 months Oh, of wow. age and then mm. and then that was good for a little while but then um the uh her cardio uh, cardiologist you know said that she need to have another one and so just after she started primary school when she was five five and a half she had um her second heart surgery and since then she's like she still has a checkup each 12 months or so now and um that's looking really good. So we're very thankful for that. Um, but during that process as well, <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's, of course, there are risks with, with any sort of surgery and um, it, the heart surgery in her second one affected her voice. Um, so they actually oh, damaged so? and da- they damaged a nerve during surgery. Oh. Uh, so then her voice was, uh, both the volume and tone were reduced significantly from that. So um, now she's had a couple of voice surgeries and, and the most recent one has been amazing for her in that she's um, they did some uh, some incredible surgery where they grafted nerves, I think they took out of her neck and, and put uh, somewhere where her, near around her voice box and that's... Um, given her voice again, which is a physical thing, but, but for us as parents as well, it, it just means that she can be heard and, uh, oh, man, and she's got a voice. That uh, is huge. Yeah. yeah. So that's, um, that's been amazing for her. And, and incredibly, like as part of her gift is that she loves going back to the children's hospital and she loves seeing the doctors and it's never affected her you know, in a negative way, even though she's, you know, spent a, quite a bit of time there. And we know there are many other children who have to spend a, a much more time than she has there. But, you know, that, uh, mm. it's, yeah, so in so many ways, and, and, you know, I don't think about it every day now, but when I do, it's like, wow, we're just being given such a gift and to have these, you know, the, the health, services that we have here in place in Australia and that if she was born in a different time or if she was born in a different place where we couldn't access these services pretty much without having to pay anything, then she probably wouldn't be with us now. So, Mm. you know, yeah, so grateful. Good on you, mate. That's a perspective, isn't it? Um, Has she had to have speech or voice therapy since the surgery? Yeah, so she still gets speech therapy uh, every fortnight now. Um, but um, yeah, it's we we can hear her. Like I remember, like you know, if she was in a, a room with a few other people, and if she was trying to talk with other people talking, you just couldn't hear her. And now you can. And then when she's singing in the choir at school, with her distinct tone we can hear her amongst a, a group of people. And so, um, mm. yeah, so she's, she has a speech therapy. She has OT as well. Um, yeah. And, and then we get some respite care. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Two, which is, which is good. Okay, so you qualify for NDIS help. Yes. Yeah, great. Um... She, um, so you mentioned developmental delays. How's schooling for her? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's, it's a real mix with, um, you know, what parents decide, you know, for Williams syndrome children, whether they go to mainstream or special school. And we decided for her for several reasons that we want to send her to a mainstream school. Um, and Again, there's, there's no right or wrong with this. It's it's That's you know sure. you know your child best and exactly. um, and so part of that I think was just with the having the closeness with Evie, her twin sister, that they were in the same class for for a couple of years to start with, and uh, Evie's a, a treasure, uh, and she really you know did look out for for Phoebe and just knew her so well. Um, so yeah, she goes to mainstream school. She has qualified for some um, time with an aide uh, with her and often what that's looked like across the two primary schools she's been to is that there's been uh, one aide in the classroom or surrounding classrooms across you know, two or three children pretty much full-time and can move across between them as needed. So we've been very thankful for that and the, the public schools that we've been to have been very supportive of her, which we're very thankful for. Um, and you know, as she's getting older now, the the developmental um, challenges and, and that delay is becoming more apparent, which is not uncommon. And so we expected that, um, yeah, both um, with her learning. And also socially as well with peers. Um, she's got some friends. I think she's got a little friend over at the moment, which is really lovely. Um, yeah, but, yeah, there are going to be challenges along the way moving forward, and I expect that at some stage she'll need to transition to a, a special school sometime, you know, maybe at the start of high school or or in a bit. Okay. And, of course, you've got the teen years coming up and um... – <laughs> I guess once again, it depends on the individual as to how this plays out. But uh, it's so lovely to hear you talk about how how Evie has looked out for her. You know, um, are they close? Yes, they are. Um, I mean, they're they're not your typical identical twins. They're they're not identical, um, of course. They're they're fraternal, and they 
Well, now they're a bit older. Evie is wanting more of her uh, own independence and they have bit slightly different friendship groups and Evie's got her own interests now and um, Evie still looks out for her in a way. They're not in the same class anymore and I think that's that's really good for Evie. And, oh, but there are still times when they play their own <laughs> make-up games, uh, as in uh, make-believe imaginary games and, um, yeah, and singing together and, yeah, it's it's still a joy to to see that. Can I ask you about the uh, support group you mentioned earlier, the the Williams Syndrome support group? Uh, is that have you had connection there with mums and dads, or mainly with mums? It's been mums and dads, definitely. Yeah, both. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, the the only reason I ask that is that it relates to this. Um, uh, see that we swim in where for many of the dads there are no readily available peer groups of, of other dads and uh, for some there are but for many there are not and and many of the dads tell me and this was certainly true for me um, have much closer friendships with other mums than with other dads so it's good to hear so you've got a, a mixture of mums and dads and you you say you were the president of the group and uh, so so that's worked out well by the sound of it yeah, it's 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 been really delightful, and yeah, we've got friends. We, we've made some friends with that, and particularly for um, the the parents who have children at a similar age. So, we're now that Phoebe's ten, we're seeing like a, the next generation come up, and it's lovely to have, particularly people who have been on that journey already, and we can glean from their experiences uh, for, for the older ones and then we've got the younger ones as well. But to have s some of those um, people who have peers, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, they'll be, that the girls particularly are going to be friends, you know, for life. Um, and the mums and dads, yeah, they're really good. I, I think in our Facebook group there's probably quite a lot more participation from the mums. But in person, um, yeah, the, everyone's just been really great. So uh, how about uh, your parents, your parents and Joe's parents? Are they nearby? So uh, my parents aren't too far away. They're in Melbourne and Joe's parents and all her other siblings are in Tasmania. Oh, okay. Yep. So ha how much involvement have you been able to, to have with them over the years? Uh, with the Tassie family? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for... Like when, when the girls were born, Joe's mum was here for at least a month uh, from memory. And they've been, uh, Joe's parents have been, they would come probably three or four times a year when the children were younger. Uh, and then, of course, with COVID, that's gone out the window quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as they've gotten older and had some health challenges, it hasn't been quite as often, but we do go down there. Uh, to to see the family at least once a year during the summertime and um, and that's just a real joy that our kids have twelve cousins and uh, they just they have a ball being able to see each other and as they get older just playing with each other more and uh, that's that's been really good um, so yeah and, and at different times particularly when Phoebe's had her surgeries 
um, they've made a real effort to to just be very helpful and practical. And Joe's a twin as well, so her parents know a lot about those experiences. And um, yeah, Joe's mum particularly has just um, just is so instinctive, instinctual that we don't have to tell her what to do. She's she's doing it before you know we would even need to ask. So yeah, we're we're very thankful as well to have such a supportive family because as you'd imagine the reason behind that question is that for many parents of children with disabilities or additional needs there have been at times uh, less than happy you know experiences mm. with grandparents and so on and and friends also friends along the way get lost or or misunderstandings arise have you had any of that i don't think so um which yeah, I, I don't know what to put that down to. Um, I, I don't think I, I can't think of having fallouts or relationship mishaps based on you know, our experiences as as parents and and with Phoebe as well. And um, they've just been there's so many friends of ours who like I, I like I look back at photos of my friends holding the kids when they were little and. Um, just how precious that is, even if we don't see them a whole lot these days. But uh, again, mm. I don't know what to put down to, but we have had a lot of support, particularly in those times of um, Phoebe's surgeries that she's had over the years and just that the community, the level of community we've had around us, uh, just giving us meals and um just helping out in lots of different ways or praying for us or, or whatever that is. It's, yeah, it's, that's when you know you're being carried by lots of people, uh, whether that's in person or from afar, it's, it's very precious. And what about your family, Evan? Uh, brothers, sisters? <laughs> I've got four younger brothers. Four? Yeah, just, just four. Uh, and, and mum and dad. Um, yeah, so, so they're, they're all around. They were all within probably about half an hour. Yeah. Okay. And, and um, so the eldest of five boys. Yep. That's an interesting place to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was that a happy experience? Oh, yeah. We we all get on pretty well. Um, I mean, I didn't know any differently. So you just you get what you're given. Um, I think. Well, I remember when I turned eighteen, I was pretty ready for my independence uh, and got involved in, in lots of things outside of home, um, not to escape, but I just I, I relished that um, and yeah, had a relatively happy childhood and, yeah, we, we still all get together for, um, you know, birthdays and all those occasions. Mm. Yeah, but every, every person in my family is so different to each other and I guess it's like my three kids. They're all different. They've all got different strengths. They've all got different needs. They're, um, you know, and the, that's the the joy of every family being so different. So, do you reckon being the eldest uh, has played into your approach to being a dad or your ability to be a good dad? Do you reckon it, there's a connection there? Ah, uh, good question. Um, like, for example, how how much how many years are there between you and your youngest brother? Yeah, good question. Twelve years is the difference. Okay. Um, so, like, I when I was twelve or thirteen, I 
you know, I'm pretty sure I changed his nappy several times. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I guess I needed, I grew up having to play the role of a responsible big brother and so that I've carried that responsibility in life and I'm sort of fairly structured and um, and you need that structure <laughs> when you've got a, a, a young family um, and that routine uh, is helpful. Um, so I guess that that's that's been helpful. Um, having um, all brothers when I was probably about twenty or so, I, like I think I had it on my heart then that I'd love to have a daughter just to have another girl around and, and go through that experience. And so to be given two daughters is you know, a double blessing. And um, and so I've always, yeah, uh, I've, well, I'm I'm so thankful. For to, to have a son and, and two girls and I know that's not the experience for a lot of people um, and yeah just a, a story with Phoebe when she was little probably the first two years of her life and, and sleep was very very difficult for her and I remember we we had to have her downstairs um, away from everyone else because she would just cry so much at night she would cry for hours and we didn't want that to disturb the other's sleep. And I remember just virtually running in my sleep to to go to her and to just be with her and hold her. Um, and for a lot of parents that sleep deprivation is it's a, it's a real thing and that's why it's classified as torture <laughs> um and <laughs> that's right <laughs> and yes, um, you're quite right it is used for torture isn't it i uh, hadn't thought of that yeah but Sorry. um yeah, go no on. that's okay it's yeah but like i remember one night just holding her and she's just crying her little lungs out and i just had this overwhelming sense of like i love for her like I love you so much. And it's, again, that's, it's a very hard thing to explain, but, but to be given that just sort of filled me with hope that, okay, I can do this. Um, I, I can, I'm her dad. I can be her dad. And, um, and, and also thinking what I'm investing in her now, even though she's not going to remember this and even though, you know, she, she can't articulate anything except crying and, and smiles sometimes is that, um, you know, this is where I'm investing in her and this love that I'm giving her is going to pay off down the track. And it is like, she's like every day she tells me how much, you know, she loves me and yeah, uh, you know, I'm her best friend and all this sort of stuff. And she probably says that to Joe as well, which is great. But, but yeah, just, yeah, but just having sort of that, that knowledge at that time was so important for me to continue on and, and to be faithful in that role. Uh, there's something about you, Evan. I, I've done a lot of smiling during this conversation. Um, <laughs> you seem to have that effect on me. Can I ask you how you got on with your dad when you were growing up and whether that's played into your dadness now? Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I love my dad a lot and I, I love my mum a lot and thankful for them. And 
I got on well with Dad. I think being the oldest, he did invest a lot into me. He took me overseas a couple of times when uh, he was going away for work and, and that played a big, uh, yeah, just that impacted me a lot. He would come to my basketball game every single week and, and cheer me on and then we'd have a post-game debrief in the car on the way home and, you know, he did that for years with me and so um, that they're my lasting memories mm. of my dad and it, just that he was there for me and he was very relaxed he's very uh, he in his words he's very sanguine and um yeah so um, i'm thankful for that and my mum has different strengths and um yeah and and i think also that the benefit of being the oldest is I, I did sort of have a lot of time with my dad um yeah probably more so than than the time my brothers got with him Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and how are you, you and Joe? I know you, you, you long for a, a dinner <laughs> <laughs> and for a date night because they're so hard to come by. But, uh, you know, these additional needs along the way sometimes uh, add stresses or pressure to, to mum and dad. How, how are you two doing? Mm. We, we make it work. And before we had kids... I don't know, like our relationship seemed a breeze. It was like it wasn't that we knew nothing would affect us, um, but when there are pressures, it would come externally, and that's exactly how it's been. So it's there's just a lot of um, it's it's not give and take; it's give and receive. Uh, and I think what's what's made it work for us a lot. We've got a lot of shared values, which is a, a good place to start from, good foundation. Um, but I, I think one of the key things is that we've released each other along the way at different points for what we've needed. And so, for example, for Joe, that means that I, I want to release her to do the things that will energise her that's going for a run, whether that's uh, going to the gym, having time to to read or do things that will energize and nourish her. And then she's released me at different times to do things that are going to make me, me and balance is it's unattainable. (laughs) So it's, it's never going to be perfect. But, um, but I think if, when we've looked out for the needs of each other and been able to communicate what we need, as well, we can't be mind readers, so I've had to communicate those things and spend nights talking through stuff. Um, and sometimes for me, like at the end of a long day, I don't feel like trying to debrief and figure out every little um, challenge and solution to everything. Um, but, you know, to listen, to be there for each other, to release each other that's that's all been part of the <laughs> making it work one way or another and, and yeah like for example joe's taken a, a promotion recently she's working full-time now and so i've had to uh adjust how i've um my work hours and and how i'm doing things and be more available for for the children which 
brings different challenges and it, it's it's just a shifting puzzle all the time i don't think there's uh i think having a you know a bit of a template or, or routine is good but it's i don't know i don't think that's very it's a helpful tool but then you need to have the flexibility um yeah for whatever life throws at you just listening to your voice evan you're obviously quite young compared to an old bloke like me <laughs> how did you get to be so wise that's what i'd like to know and why why weren't you around when i needed to talk to someone about <laughs> about life's issues mate you you do you do speak with great wisdom and uh and great uh, love whenever you talk i i um I'd like to know where all that comes from, but we won't go there now. <laughs> so what does Jo do? You say she's had a promotion? Yeah, so um, Jo's a dietitian, and uh, she's just started actually a, a director role at a, a major hospital in Melbourne. Wow. Yeah. Big Great. wow. Yeah. Um, and, and she's just the right person at, at the right time, and um, she brings a lot in terms of just – uh, values and valuing people and um, and trying to get people to work together well. Uh, and I think that's something that we've both tried to do and, and in part of my job as well. Um, I do some coaching and uh, mentoring and so just trying to help people and invest into others is something I think that we both uh, have ability to do and Without thinking about it, it's unconscious, but maybe we both try and build that into our marriage and, and our family as well. Far from perfect, but, um, but um, yeah, I, th I think that's been a, a strength, particularly for her. Well, congratulations, Joe, on your promotion and all the very best with what you are doing. Um, Evan, you used the word prayer before. You said people pray for you. Is is that a part of your life? Is is faith a, a part of your journey? Yeah, it is. So you know, I grew up in a Christian home, and uh, and you know, mum and dad have been very encouraging and supportive, and and so that's something I've had to decide on for myself. And so Joe and I both are, yeah. You know, follow the Christian faith and uh, we go to church, but we don't want that to be a religious thing for the sake of it. But it's, you know, in terms of how that feeds us um, individually and as a family and then how we can demonstrate, you know, the love that we've been given to whoever is in our path, whether that's our, our family or, or our friends or, you know, in our workplaces as well. Mm. Well, it sounds like it plays very positively into your perspectives and to your life as well. So glad to hear that. That's wonderful, mate. Uh, we're getting close to the time where we might have to wrap this up. Um, was there something in particular you wanted to say while while we had the chance? Mm, I'm not sure how this is going to come out. Um, yeah, in in my reflections. In the, in the last few weeks, and I'm normally uh, a forward thinker, a future thinker, but, but recently I've been delving a little bit, uh, looking backwards and, yeah, just trying to figure out what makes me me and, and how that fits into my role as a father. 
yeah, and feeling like, as I discussed at the beginning around music, there's been a lot that I've given up. Um, there's a sacrifice of of being a parent and um, I haven't got answers to a lot of things, <laughs> including that. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm saying. I think there's a season for these things. There's, there's a, my dad calls... You know, this stage of life, particularly when the kids are little, my dad says, you know, it's the giving years. And, yeah, been quite aware of some of the things I've given up. And when I was writing a list the other day and I was thinking particularly around music, around uh, friendships uh, and around fun or adventure. Uh, with the friendships, like I said, like I haven't had fallings out with people, but particularly as as blokes we still need these friendships, but, um, yeah, to, to have that consistency and that regularity is, is very difficult. I think particularly in this stage of life. And then if you add another dad or two into the mix, you know, those gaps become very few and far between in terms of trying to schedule a time to, to catch up. And then the other thing I was thinking about was that when, when I do catch up, with friends it's it's often we're just debriefing about life and 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 you it's good to have these conversations and and to be able to go deep even though then they're not that often and and hopefully with with some friends you can just even if you haven't even if i haven't seen them for six months or 12 months or a couple of years you can just go straight back to to what it is and that's that's a really lovely and precious thing but the thing I've realised that I just don't have anymore is just those spontaneous times, the, those fun times, you know, if jump into a car and drive down to Phillip Island and spend the day down there and come back. It's, um, it's, it's almost not a reality anymore like in my 20s where you just call a mate and you, you do something or a group of people would come together and you'd go out and do some fun things and might be silly, but, you know, nothing <laughs> nasty or, or illegal or anything. Um, I don't have a, yeah, there's just no opening f- for that spontaneity at the moment. Uh, so there's a sacrifice there. And I guess, you know, that there are ways that, that we can be have fun with the children, but it's a different sort of fun. <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm saying there. It's yeah, just something I've been been thinking about. Yeah, the word sacrifice is is a really deep and rich word, isn't it? And the way you're putting it uh, is is in a very in the context of love, and so um, mm. hard to find the words. But I, I'm hearing your heart as you're speaking, mate. Look, this has been fantastic. I uh, there's been a word that has popped up. More, more than once, I didn't keep count, but it was quite a few times in our conversation, and that's the word beautiful, hmm. you know, and I think um, bloke to bloke, this has been a beautiful conversation, and you are a bloody good dad, and oh. all the very best to you and Joe and your family. It's been an absolute delight to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gary, and, and thanks to Beans in a Pod, two peas in a pod. Wasn't that a great conversation? Thanks again to Evan and good on you, Joe. That was a great uh, 
a great little chat. And thank you, by the way, to Kelly for setting that one up for us, for getting getting uh, that one going. And uh, I have often asked if there are peas who want to recommend or, um, you know, dob in someone who might like to talk. And uh, please do that again if you can. So thank you, Kelly, for, for putting me in touch with Evan. I loved it. Now, just before I go, I want to let you know that there are a couple of special Beans Talks uh, in the pipeline at the moment and coming soon. I'm not sure exactly when. We'll let you know well and truly in time. I'm going to be calling them a four bean mix. And uh, what the idea is that I will get together with three of the dads that we've already spoken to over the last few months. And uh, the four of us will just uh, get together online and have a chat about a topic. We might have a few laughs. We might uh, swear a bit. I don't know. We might uh, get heavy occasionally. So my hope is that this little experiment will become something useful for mums and dads, for allied health professionals, for journalists, for and for whoever happens to be listening. I would love to think that uh, we might be able to get some suggestions from the peas and the beans and from all of our listeners for topics that you might like to hear mixed up with the four beans. So, yes, watch out for the four bean mix We will give that a go, hopefully, very soon. I had the three blokes together online last night for a bit of a warm-up, a bit of a chat to see whether this was going to work, and uh, we are going to begin recording sometime soon. They won't happen very often. They'll be a special. But, you know, Father's Day, Movember, and from time to time, hopefully we can have a four-bean mix to add in there as a bonus in the Two Peas in a Podcast franchise. So look out for that. Thank you for listening today. I hope you're okay today. And if you're not, we understand. We feel you. We're there with you. Reach out to someone if you can. Thank you for listening. Bye for now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.